You are listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break. Hey, I want to ask you a little question. Do you find it hard to show up on reels? Do you like reels or do you find them hard? When I'm talking about reels, I'm talking about YouTube shorts, TikTok, you know, Pinterest shorts, just anywhere where there's short form content showing up on social media. And a lot of times it's video and it can be show us showing our face. Now, do you struggle with that? Do you struggle with coming up with ideas? Maybe with the confidence, maybe just knowing what to create and when to create it and how to create it. I'd love to hear from you. So today I've actually got a special guest dropping into my studio. His name's Adam Gawley and he was inside the Six Figure Business Map for a couple of years. He is an amazing wedding photographer. So for all you wedding photographers out there that are listening, this episode is actually specifically for you. So if you're not a wedding photographer, you could learn a lot from this, but I just wanted to pre-warn you that this one is specifically for wedding photographers. As we talk a lot about the industry, we share some stories and we share how to get a lot of leads. So in this episode, we actually dive in and we find out about more about Adam and his journey on building a six-figure business and a profitable business that he has that allows him to have three to four months off per year so he can go traveling and do all the amazing things that he does. We talk about how to get a lot of leads. So how to get leads in without using paid ads or directories or anything like that. So a lot of the times it is the thing that we don't even think about and it's right in front of us that we don't try, which could change the game for us. So we talk about that and how it did change the game for Adam as well, which is really exciting. And then we finish off and we talk about social media. Now, social media in 2023 and going into 2024, the landscape does change a lot all the time. As you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, if you've been on social media for a long time, you just know how quickly it all changes. And so I got a few predictions on how social media is going to change and for the worse and for the better, mostly for the better. But um, we talk about trends. We talk about how to be confident and show up as yourself and a few things around that. So some mindset stuff and some strategy stuff that I feel like might blow your mind when it comes to creating and crafting some ideas around how can you become omnipresent in your area for your niche, for what you do. And if you're not a wedding photographer, just rinse and repeat and, and apply exactly what we're talking about into your industry, because guess what? If you're in a different industry, it's probably so undersaturated that no one's doing it and you are here with the gold and you'll be able to plug and play that straight to whatever it is that you do. Now, we talk about underrated things that people just don't even do, and it's going to give you quite a few ideas, and who knows, maybe it will spark a whole new conversation for you in 2024 when you're approaching the content that you do and how you show up in your business and everything else. So I'm really excited about this, guys. I'm really excited. I think today's episode was really good. It's it's over an hour long, and um, we dive into some really cool stuff, and I know there's so many wedding photographers that listen to me because that was my background, so I think it's cool to reminisce and talk about a few stories that I have uh, with how I booked out years worth of work with just a few simple strategies. So I think it really might blow your mind as well. Now, as we're coming up to the end of the year, a couple of different things. Next year, I'm actually going to start a whole nother episode per week where I'm going to dive in and get some questions from you guys and I can answer some of those questions. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So if you want to send me a little voice message question, you can do so in the show notes just below. There's a Google form there that you can fill out and you simply go in, introduce yourself, ask the question and then submit in that audio clip and then I will get it and I'll be able to play it on the podcast, which will be really fun. I want to do that because personally, I just want to get more interactive with you 
sometimes when I'm talking on a podcast, I'm just talking to myself in a room, to myself, by myself, and I'd love to do it and bring you along with me because that'll be a lot of fun. Now, last little thing, if you didn't know, but my online course for wedding photographers, the Six Figure Business Map, is open for um, application at the moment. So we've changed it to an application only enrollment thing. And so if you do and you are thinking about joining, I I highly recommend that you apply to come and see if you're a good fit for the program. And if you are a good fit, we will welcome you into the program. And it's an amazing place, amazing space to level up with an amazing community and to hit some big milestones in 2024. Now, as landscapes change and as, you know, so many new things happen, being in a community and learning business is one of the best things that you can do to hedge yourself against any downturns or anything else. So I'm really excited to onboard quite a few new sailors and I cannot wait to hit some big unrealistic goals with you, but also for myself as well in the new year. There's so many fun things we're going to be dropping, so many cool things. I'm going to bring you behind the scenes on so many things next year um, as I'm building my business and as I help others build their businesses. So if you're interested in that, make sure you stick around and um, yeah, head over to sixfigurebusinessmap.com and all the all the details are there if you want to put in your application. I personally go over your website and everything else and I would love to hear from you. So let's get into today's episode. All right, welcome back to the show. Today I'm actually doing an episode in my studio and I've got Adam here, come all the way from Canada. He was in the Six Figure Business Map uh, for a couple of years and um, he's actually here on holidays and so we thought why not join me in person today on the podcast and let's jam out a few things. So we're going to talk a little bit about his journey and where we've gone or where he has gone with all the things he's been doing and we're also going to dive a bit deeper into social media as well and I know um, Adam's got a few different questions. So hey mate, how are you? Good. Good. I'm enjoying the uh, Australian weather here. It's good to have you here, actually. So um, I know that you've just been hanging out on the beach and you've actually been in Australia, what, for like three months now? It's been, I've been here for, my girlfriend's been here for about four months-ish and then I've been here for just over about a month and a half now. Yeah, wow. How are you liking it? I'm loving it. I'm yeah. loving it. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's funny. I've heard this a lot that Canadians and Australians get along and you said that yesterday when we had a little coffee and... Um, yeah, it's ever ever since I've been here, everyone's just been so nice, and it's just yeah, it's been a very very laid back environment, and it's just so beautiful here too. So, I think, uh, and it's really nice too with being from Canada. The wedding season, everything's kind of opposite here. So, being able to come down here during your summer and uh, leave during my winter, it seems like a place that I'll probably end up coming back to time and time again. Yeah, that's unreal. Hey, can you um, introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Adam Gorley. I'm a 23-year-old wedding photographer based in Ontario, Canada. I started shooting weddings when I was about 14, 15. Is kind of when I first started actually making the website and started doing lots of second shooting gigs and stuff. And yeah, over the last few years, I think I've shot almost about 180 weddings now. So definitely have a few weddings under my belt now. And yeah, it's been it's been an awesome journey. I think when I first started, I didn't really know what it was going to become. I first kind of started as a young kid in high school and just kind of playing around with a camera and taking photos of sports and hockey games and things like that um, back at home in Canada. And then it's kind of slowly started to snowball into 
what it is now. So I do this full time now and usually shoot around like anywhere from 25 to 35 weddings a year. Um, I'm trying to, you know, slowly go down on the amount of weddings that I'm shooting now after doing this for, you know, nine plus years. So I think, um, yeah, it's been it's been an awesome journey. And then finding the business map, um, like we kind of chatted a little bit yesterday about how I was skeptical at the start. And I saw this guy's face coming up for a few months and then ended up kind of uh, diving in when you had some free um, some free email template guides. And then once I got those, I kind of realized it was the real deal and um, made enough money from just the email templates to pay for the course. And then once I was in the course, it kind of snowballed from there. Man, so you've seen my ads just popping up all over the place and you're thinking, who's this Australian guy sending mm-hmm. some ads over here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, who's this guy? He's not in my industry. It's not going to be relevant to me. It's not like, you know, everything kind of runs through your head and it's just another guy selling stuff. And, you know, the course is X amount of dollars. Like I can't, it's not worth it. It's all these things like that. And then you end up, yeah. And then you end up realizing it's so much more than just a guy on a camera telling you to what to do you know it's, it's a whole community <laughs> which is a big difference right so oh yeah um, especially in our industry too like you know some people are, are lucky to have lots of friends in the industry and um, especially when I first started out like there wasn't very many people my age in the industry with that so uh, you know YouTube and you kind of feel pretty lost and it's just yourself kind of in the industry it's pretty hard to like navigate so it was just so amazing to jump on a call and find out that there's people all over the world that are in the same boat as you or people that you know are at a higher level than you or a lower level than you and everyone like kind of bring everyone together was just you know really really cool it's unreal I mean community is just such a big thing and even I know when I first started there just wasn't stuff like that mm. like, there was some Facebook groups but it was just like full of some skeptical people that were mm-hmm. skeptical on everything and everyone and everyone's com- like competing with each other and stuff and you probably remember those days as well 100% yeah and, and now it's um it's actually amazing I've just seen the transition actually I think over the last maybe five years it hasn't been that long but the transition where people are actually starting to let down their guard and they're actually starting to you know, I guess like dive deeper on the word community over competition mm-hmm. because they're actually they're actually helping out their competition. They're helping out their friends. They're helping out other people in the industry and they and they strengthen the industry. And it's so cool to actually see it without expecting anything in return. And with our industry, there's so many weddings. So like you don't need to be, you don't have, and a lot of the time too, if you're friends with different photographers, I've got two buddies at home that in the last, um, you know, year and a half, two years, we've been kind of getting closer. And it's, it's funny because we, we all have different styles and we all aren't shooting the exact same clients. Like we have, you know, the same clients that are going to book, my buddy is not going to book myself. So it's like, there's no, there's no negative to hanging out and, you know, just kind of networking and being together. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's really cool to, especially kind of when being online and having that community online, it's cool to kind of try to create that in person as well. But the nice part about it, it doesn't matter where you live. If you live in the middle of nowhere, if you have 200 people in your town, you can still be part of a community online, which is super cool. So, Yeah, some of my best friends I've met online. Yeah. You know, it's interesting with um, community, what I think that people don't realize and even inside the business map is like, inside the business map is you can learn stuff from me but you can actually learn more from the people that are doing things and then they're sharing that knowledge and what it becomes like communal knowledge of anything. So an example of this is I think this week someone shared like a new thing that they realized on Facebook ads and what worked really well and everyone's like sweet and then they all implement it and then they're all getting these results, right? And it's just so fast that other people are all doing things and then they're sharing that common knowledge and then that knowledge, like everyone strengthens and then they get so much further ahead. And now I think about 
the person that is like skeptical and they're, you know, in the middle of wherever it is um, and like, I don't want to do it with anybody. I'm competing with everybody. Like, I don't want to join a course or a community. I don't want to. And they're so far behind. And exponentially, the gap gets wider mm -hmm. and wider and wider because if you're learning from everyone around you, man, it's like endless and limitless. 100%. Yeah. And I think that's the, like, with the, the actual course itself was 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 amazing and you know you can learn so much just from that but like the, like you said the little nuggets that people you know say or something that someone just kind of mumbles oh have you tried this and then you're like oh wait i didn't even think about that and it's like <laughs> yeah. it's not necessarily you teaching that it's you know it yeah. could be some random guy in a across the world just like says oh i tried this and it worked and you're like oh i never thought about it mm. you try it and then it ends up being the new big thing for yourself too right so all of these little things that people do you know something so small could just end up making the biggest difference. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I realized from the course too, is just like these so tiny It's always little, something small. Yeah, something small. It's not like some big change necessarily. It's just like, oh, I never thought about it in this way. And when you have 50 to, you know, depending on the amount of people in the chat um, or on the call with you that are all bouncing ideas off of each other, it's so much better than just one person too, yeah. right? Because what might work for you in one industry or one area might not be the same for me back at home. But then someone's like, oh, I'm actually from Chicago. It's not that far from you. And I did this because of the weather and like they get the weather situation mm. or things like that too, right? So I think little things like that is really cool about being in not just a small community, but like a little bit of a bigger community because you can kind of bounce ideas off of, you know, multiple, multiple people. I actually joined a community quite a few years ago um, and it was an online course and stuff. And the person that was teaching, I didn't really get along with them 100% or believe in their philosophies. But what I didn't like about it was they didn't, so as, as the educator or facilitator, they didn't let people think for themselves. So they basically said, you do it this way or you're just not going to get results. It's only one way to do it. Mm -hmm. And I always hate it when people say there's only one way because like everyone's so different. The market's different. Their clients are different. The area is different. Like there's always so many roads that lead to Rome, mm -hmm. you know? And so one person might get big results, for instance, on Facebook ads, and then the next person might get results on Google ads, but that doesn't mean each of them can cross pollinate and get results on either mm -hmm. because they all like go to our strengths or, or whatever it is. 100%. And I think like finding out some of those paths can be so good for different people because if someone's a, an introvert or they're, you know, really just really, really struggle with being online or doing this, but they're really good at talking with people in person and they just mm. wonder why they can't do it. It's like, you don't have to do that necessarily. You could just be really good at networking and really good at chatting with people. And, you know, every time you go to a, a wedding or even if you're second shooting, like there's 10 plus vendors that are all part of it. Like there's 10 plus connections that you can make every time. And like with, as wedding photographers, the amount of vendors that respond to me and are like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like the DJ being like, thanks for sending the photos to us. Like we never have the photos sent to us. And that's like, yeah, wow. well, you were the life of the party and there's photos of you like getting a whole, like they're never going to have anything to post. All it is, is, you know, kind of crappy iPhone video of them behind mm. the thing. So you just end up, if you're just chatting with people and you're just nice, I think that like that, and that's free, you know, it's free. It's, it's free to it's do, so, it's, yeah. you know, it's just funny. So you don't necessarily have to do every type of, uh, you marketing know, crazy marketing thing. Sun. You don't need to be a hunt, like always on it. Like you could have no, I could probably have no website or no Instagram and still be able to, you know, make a full-time income. And I've heard this kind of, that's been said a few times too. And it's just like, there's so many different avenues that you don't need to be the next famous person online to, to be able to be successful in it, you know? You were telling me a story yesterday when we had a coffee where you were listening in on one of the coaching calls and I was talking about like buying flowers for other people in the event mm. in, in the industry. Could you share that story with us? Yeah. I think that's really fascinating. 
yeah, in one of the calls you had talked about, you know, different ways. I think we were, it was a preferred vendor or kind of becoming a vendor, getting on the vendor list. And that was a goal of mine for for years. I wanted to become more of a preferred vendor because you kind of, once you get on that, that's kind of like the gold ticket, at least in your area. You don't oh, totally. have to worry too much. People send you leads. They're already trusting because the venues recommended you. And you get to shoot at a place that you already know and, you know, you can do good, good content. So getting on the preferred vendors list was huge. And yeah, what I ended up doing after the, the call you had chatted about, you know, the, one of the best things you can do is, you know, you don't have to wait 10 years to, of shooting weddings there to get on. You could just buy them flowers or send them some kind of gift and, you know, deliver it to them. And that could be so much more meaningful. And what I did was I actually ended up becoming a preferred vendor with this venue and about two months had gone by and I hadn't really got too many leads or anything from that. Um, and then I went out and wrote, I got some like hand, I actually got my girlfriend, my writing's not as neat. So I got my girlfriend to hand write out these little, uh, awesome. these little notes for me. And, um, we, yeah, we mailed these little letters with, um, little hand note and a gift card to Starbucks and a few other little goodies. And um, when I was at a wedding there, I dropped it off to the coordinator and there was one for each of like the wedding staff. Wow. Um, and they were just, yeah, they were, even though it's like a, you know, $30, $40 gift card and you gonna know, buy them a few coffees, it's nothing crazy. They were just, yeah, it was super nice to have like a handwritten note with a little thank you and it's gone a long way. And now, you know, they're posting more and more photos of my stuff on their feed and um, sending me more leads. And it's just funny how, it wasn't, I wasn't even necessarily expecting to get anything crazy from that. I just wanted to try to, you know, become a better person in the industry and just be more connected and be reaching out to people. And, you know, now I've got Christmas cards sending out and things like that. So just trying to do little things like that to just be on top of it. And one little card, because who gets a card anymore from, oh, you know, totally. from anyone? So just something so simple like that could just keep you in the back of their head as they're going through and, you know, recommending photographers. But, yeah. yeah. Did you get lots of leads from that? I did. Yeah. So yeah, they've already, you know, doing that, it costs, I think I ended up, I priced it out. It was about $150, $200 in gift cards. Yeah. And they sent me six weddings so wow. far, which, yeah, I, I don't know the exact value on that, but yeah, well over twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 worth of work. So, you know, it's incredible. That return on investment for that is better than, you know, most Facebook ads or certain things like that some people might have too, right? So it's, it's all about standing out, hey? Yeah. Like I think so often we try to strive to fit in. We see someone else get some success with something. We're like, oh, that's what it is. And then, and then we do the same thing that they did, not realizing that maybe they did something completely different, you know? And I think I realized like the whole flower thing and anyone that's listening and wants to steal this idea, do it, please. It is so good because what I did was I actually cross-pollinated with a florist that actually sent me some inquiries. So I went to her first and I said, hey, I'd like to do, I think at the time it was about 10 orders of flowers and I want to pick them up. I'm going to take them around to 10 different venues and sort of just drop them off. So I gave her $1,000, which was really cool. So supporting her small business. And then I went around and talked to, 10 of those venues and I think five of them put me onto a recommended vendor list and within a week we booked over 100 grand's worth of work because we had so many leads coming in and they all came in from those venues and it was at mm -hmm. summertime and I knew a lot of people going through getting engaged and everything else and I actually couldn't believe it. I was like man well everyone's fighting on social media you know for the next post and to go viral and stuff like that sometimes just a little bit of kindness that doesn't really cost you much money or much time can save you a world of pain because instead of me showing up and marketing for a whole year all I had to do was just run my business for a year. So yeah, it was incredible. When you delivered the flowers, was there, how did you go about that? Was it, did you write like a handwritten note at all? Or was it literally just the, just the flowers to them? And 
Cool. It was. It was just me. I walked in, and uh, I remember. So this one um, venue. Her name's Jody. That uh, ran the place. She was just a really nice woman, and um, I caught her. And she, so this, so this is a big venue and then they had their own farm on the venue and they, and they would pick their own food and then they would cook it and stuff. And it was really cool, big lavender farm. And so um, I remember I went cruising in. I was like, Jody, and I called her off guard and I was like, hey, I got you a gift. I just want to stop in, say hello. Thank you so much for sending me some inquiries. She was already sending me some. I was like, anything that you need, seriously. And I just want to drop you these flowers as, you know, a bit of appreciation, appreciation for you. Thank you for thinking about my business and stuff. And she was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. She's like, I've got to get you out here more. I was like, yeah, of course. And then from that one venue, like, yeah, that that was probably I booked most of my work from there. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's and it kind of makes me think um, a lot about, especially now with, we chat a little bit about, you know, the digital world and there's so much going on that. And um, we also chat a lot about like small towns and little communities and things like that. And with, with the wedding industry in any, even in like bigger cities and stuff, the community is still quite, quite small. So kind of treating it more like if you've ever lived in a small town, like saying hi to strangers and saying Mm. to not strangers, but saying hi to neighbors walking down the street and saying hi to people like that, same kind of thing, but just in the industry, those people that, you know, that one old lady that's always walking down the street that you see every week is that's what you, who you kind of want to be almost in the industry to someone that they're always, you're a face that they Mm. remember and kind of just showing up and they might not always be checking social media, but they can't not see you if you show up to their door and and just say hi, right? Man, one of the things that got me a lot of leads like back in the day, actually, and talking about this was um, there was a makeup artist and she was really good. And I seen her on two weddings that I shot at. So I knew that my clients loved her work and also same kind of price range. And uh, her name was Emily. Shout out, Emily, if you listen to this. I'm probably pretty sure she probably does. Anyway, I remember I was like, hey, we should do something together. Like, if you ever want to do a shoot or something, and we got talking, and then I was like, hey, could I interview you for my blog, actually? I'd love to do, like, a blog post on you and send you out as on my recommended vendor list to all my clients. And I did do that, and I ended up sending her a lot of work. And um, what she didn't realize is, like, makeup artists love to talk. A lot of people go in and get trial makeup done and stuff like that. And I actually booked, out of all vendors probably the most amount of work from her and no one would even think about cross-pollinating with a makeup artist. And what was interesting, I remember seeing her, after a while, seeing her at every wedding because we we recommended each other. But she came up to me and she's like, Jive, my whole career is so busy because of you, because you all, like that blog post, you're always recommending. And I was like, well, it's funny because I'm the same. Like you, you send me so much <laughs> yeah. work. And so it's not even like you need to know everyone in town. It's like you just give some kindness to one other person um, and who knows where that can go. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how just like being a good person is so, yeah. is so beneficial yeah. in the world, you know? Well, you were saying it yesterday. It's like um, a lot of people don't realize is like you can give so much kindness and you only need to receive a small amount back mm-hmm. to have a successful business. So if you're mm-hmm. a wedding photographer, it's like you only need 30 couples to walk up and book you for the year. And mm-hmm. that's not many. Like it's actually a small amount of clients that you need to look after. So it means that you can show up and give so much kindness without expecting all of that to come back. You only need just a few people, the right people to come walking through your door. Totally. Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool that you implemented that and um, it's cool that your business really took off. So you were in the business map for two years? For, yeah, just over two years. Yeah, it was like two years and then, um, yeah, and then I think it was about another six months um, after that. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was the best. Uh, I At the time I was living with some some roommates and they would just hear me rave about it. I remember when I first made the purchase of it yeah. and I was so scared. I was like, oh, this is 
this is like, you know, at the time. It's a big deal, it was man. Like, it's, a big, it's a big deal. It's also like a big commitment. I know it was like yeah. there was a lot going on and it was, I was worried about kind of the change that I was going to have to do to the business. Mm. I think that was a big one is that I know that when I do this, I'm going to be told that I've got to change this, this, and that. Wow. And I've spent five, six years doing all the change myself because it was just me and I could change if I wanted to. I could not. Totally. But if I had this coach and I had a community, like I would have to change. Get some accountability. And yeah, I got some accountability. And yeah, it's funny that, you know, pretty soon, like I think it was only a few weeks few weeks in that I changed a few things. And it was kind of during the, I think when I first joined, it was maybe February. And that's kind of when we were getting a lot of, a lot of bookings and a lot of leads coming in. And I remember I changed a few things around pretty much just over doubled my prices. And I was so scared. I remember I booked enough clients to like be okay. And then um, I doubled my prices, but I also changed a lot of stuff in the business too, to, you know, account to facilitate that. But once I, once I did that, I was so scared, you know, just, you're just waiting for stuff to come in. You send the first thing out and you're wondering if people are going to say yes to Mm. what you send out. And then, yeah, now, now like the prices have almost tripled since when I first started and can afford to shoot a lot less weddings, you know, looking at maybe 18 to 20 weddings this year and still making more than what I would have if I had shot 50 weddings three years ago. Is that how you were able to go to Australia? That is how I was able to come here. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have been here for a few months um, if I, yeah, if I hadn't really taken a lot of action and and changed a lot of things in the business. Because yeah, um, a lot of us are used to you know you, you finish the season off and then you finally get all your editing done and you know it might be like Christmas time at least for you know in North America side where I'm at it might you might finally get all your editing done you have a few weeks off maybe during Christmas and then. You just now you're trying to you're watching YouTube videos on ads. You're doing this. You're trying to figure out how to do this. You're trying to post trying stuff. Trying to get some money back in. You've got you know you only have six weddings booked for next year, and you're wondering, mm. am I going to be able to? Am I still a full time photographer? And you're telling people you are, and you just have, you <laughs> feel like you just feel like a bit of a fraud each season, almost right? Yeah. And then yeah, and then it becomes a lot better once you uh, yeah once you start to, and then you realize you need less and less clients too. The more that you charge too, and you can serve those clients so much better too because you have last people oh, yeah. that you don't have 50, 60 weddings. And there's a few photographers in my area, um, just kind of north of where I'm at that have, you know, that are shooting like 60, 70 weddings. I'm like, there's no way that you can give them the experience that my clients get. You know, yeah, there's, yeah. Just, there's just no way, right? Yeah, that's unreal. And so obviously you are wanting to work less and your profits from your business and everything exploded after all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it seems like one of those things that just seems silly like to say that you can work less and make so much more mm. um especially if you come from you know if you're from a family that aren't entrepreneurs or you're ra- not around people that are entrepreneurs and you just don't know that you can can do that ever since i was a little kid i kind of always had I was always a business guy i was selling my ca- candy to my brother or selling things to little, <laughs> setting up little shops in my room or selling halloween candy like little little things like that so i think um when i was a photographer just kind of latched onto that as the business and then, yeah okay you know always knew that you would follow certain people online, you would see different things that they could do, but just, you never think that like a small town guy like me, just in a random little town could do the same things or mm. the industry average is $2,300 a month or $2,300 for a wedding in my area. There's no way I could charge eight grand or there's no way you could charge this. And then you just think of all these, like, like we talk about kind of, you know, limiting beliefs and certain things that you just put in your head and then you realize that's not the, that's it's, not, the it's case. not true at all. It's just not true at all. Yeah. And it just sucks that it, t- it took five, six years to, to figure that out, you know? Well, it does, man. And I think it's good that you figured it out because a lot of people never figure 
totally. lot of things out, you know, it's, totally. and, and that's heartbreaking. Like when I get on a call, so especially when I first joined the course, I'm like, yeah, Jai, you don't understand though, in my area, you can only charge this much. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. But, and people used to tell me that when I was like down in Melbourne and they'd be like, yeah, but Jai, you're in the city, in the country, they don't charge that much. I'm like, yeah, but the interesting thing is they pay me to come to the country all the time. They pay my travel, my accommodation, and they do it because no one in town charges what I charge. So no one in town gives the service that I give. So no one in town is can charge that much because you like there there just isn't um no no one's like fulfilling that demand that's actually there. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I worked that out, when someone told me that and I was in their town shooting, I was like, well, you know, I charge like roughly for this wedding, it was like 10 grand mm -hmm. and I'm here in your town mm -hmm. right now shooting. So someone in this town can afford me. Yeah. So it's like, doesn't that make you think that maybe instead of me traveling from the city all the time to the country, like, doesn't that make you think maybe you could do that? <laughs> and it's funny because then if you're charging 10 grand versus someone charging you know, five grand, now you have to book half as many clients. Yeah. And then if you even keep on like cutting that down to even more, you don't necessarily need to find as many clients. So people are like, well, I can't book 30 weddings at this price. It's like, mm. you don't need to, you only need to book 10 now because of what you're charging, right? So yeah. it's like, it becomes easier to almost find those clients, which is something that took forever to realize. And then once you start, you know, actually figuring out your kind of client avatar and figuring out what type of clients you want to work with, and then you're actually speaking directly to them, it just changes everything, right? And then it makes it so much easier. And everyone you're working with are friends. They are less picky. They're less, you know, they they don't treat you like a, just like a, like a, a you know, typical vendor. They're, you're a big they're part invested. of the wedding and yeah. they're, they've invested a lot in you and they're trusting you too, right? Which is a big thing versus someone sending you Pinterest photos of what they want their photos to be like from other <laughs> yeah. photographers. I know, mean, I'm sure a lot of us have had that or I, I want photos like that. this. And then it's, it just feels so strange. Like you're hiring me as the artist, but you're sending me photos of other people, right? So um, that other photographers have taken. So it's just funny that people trust you so much more, even when they're paying so much more, where I used to think that that wasn't the case. I thought I was going to, I was going to be way more stressed out. I was going to be way more worried about the weddings because they're paying me so much more, but it's not like So when, when too, you right? started charging more, like, did your clientele change? Like, tell me about that. Were they, was, was the clientele more demanding or were they more, more stuck up or yeah, tell me. I would say, I would say right when I first, when I first started charging more, um, I've been really, really lucky. I've always had amazing clients. I really haven't had any, any bad clients. Um, you know, there's been a few different clients that maybe we didn't fit as good as, you know, some of the clients that I'm now working with all the time. So I think that like, especially at the start, when you do kind of make that switch, it's, you really got to get be okay with, you know, declining people and it's, and knowing that that's not rude and you can say no to people or you can say, Hey, like, I don't know if, you know, what your wedding's like is going to end up working good for me or not, because you want to also serve them really good. You want a good review. Getting a bad review in the industry is, is terrible. And it's not just a bad review. It's also someone's wedding photos. So whether or not you don't vibe with them, you're also like ruining their wedding photos, which in turn ruins their wedding experience because after the wedding, that's all they've got, which ruins your business. So, and yeah, again, taking it away just from the business, it's also like so not beneficial for them to book you if you don't think that you're going to work good together too, right? That's so, right, yeah. And we chatted too, like about even the clients that you don't book, you can still be nice to them and say, hey, you know, I don't know if this is the best fit. Here's a bunch of people that maybe that would be a better fit with. And then if you know some people, you can refer them to, the, you know, refer that client to some other photographers. And then maybe in turn, they refer 
some clients to you and you kind of just get better at moving clients to the spot that they need to be because they might not know. They might have just been recommended and show up to your spot and think that um, I've had people that have reached out that have thought that I'm kind of more like a fine art, like photographer. If you look at my stuff, that's, that's not the case at all. So getting on a call always before booking a client is the biggest thing ever because people on email can sound so much different than um, when you get on a call. So getting on a call and I've got very like, you know, some specific questions that I ask them and kind of what's like their vision of the day, even though at this point you don't have a ton of stuff booked. And if they're telling me two years before that they're walking down, the, like they're doing a very, all these specific timeline, everything is like, you know, so specific. I already know that maybe we might not be the best fit because you've already got this crazy vision of exactly how the day is going to go. And it probably won't go like that if anyone in the industry knows that things don't usually go 100% as planned. So kind of at least with the clients I work with, it's kind of, you know, a little bit higher end, but more kind of chill weddings. So they're um, they're spending lots on their wedding day, but they just want to, you know, they really are doing a lot more first looks. They want to spend way more time with people at cocktail hour. They really want it to be more fam family oriented. They want the really good photos, but they don't necessarily want to spend six hours taking photos. So I'll be able to find that out really quickly while we're on the call with a client. And from the get-go, I'll be able to know if we're going to work good together or if I'm going to tell them that, you know, there might be someone else that might fit their need better, you know? When you're putting up your price, did you have any kind of like limiting beliefs around booking higher end clients? Because a lot of the times when we have been doing the same thing at the same price range for a long time, we get used to it because we know the venues, we know, we literally know everything. And so we get scared of like, oh, if I went to a higher price bracket or if I went more luxury or something, maybe I'll have to reinvent myself. Maybe I have to go to new vendors. Maybe I have to do some new marketing. You know, maybe I've got to strengthen my website. So was there anything for you that was sort of holding you back? So to kind of tell everyone where I am, I'm actually located just north of London, Ontario. In Ontario, there's a big city like Toronto is about two hours from us. Um, so all the wedding photographers in Toronto were able, like typically it's a bigger city. You can usually charge more. There's more clients there that are willing to spend a little bit more and it's just more money in that city. So it's a little bit easier to charge. So initially how I made that change is I started to offer shooting in Toronto versus and making it all inclusive versus just saying, you know, I'm $4,500 for a wedding plus $500 to travel. And that just turns clients off. I've just found that personally. I know everyone has different pricing structures, but I just, you know, made it $5,000. And all of a sudden everyone was booking me, even though it's the same cost. It's just, you make it easier for people to, to do that. So I found that at the start, you know, I looked at all these other photographers and I was like, I'm not as good as them. I can't charge the same amount. I can't do this. And you kind of just have to do it. Like you kind of just need to, that was like for about, you know, even a few months I pondered it. I made different pricing. I didn't know if it was going to work or not. I didn't know how it was going to work. I kind of did some market research to find out what people are charging. And it was scary at the start to put out. And then once the first person, like I remember the first client I booked, um, they, I sent the sheet out and I was just sitting there just waiting, just waiting for a response, waiting. And then they responded like, oh, everything looks great. Can you send the contract over? And like, let's set up a meeting. And I was like, what? That's like double what I charged before. It's just crazy how like, and you know, quickly that can, and it's just funny how that, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I wish I learned that so much earlier um, because yeah, it's a lot less stressful to be, you know, you can book a lot less weddings than, it's just, yeah, it's just so much better. Overall, everything is so much better when you charge, you know, a little bit more. So much better. I think, you know, I actually kind of wanted to bring this back to something about 
business sort of been easy. I see business is pretty easy in a lot of different ways, but I read a Instagram post yesterday where someone was saying like, I want to call out all the coaches out there that says like business is easy because you're all lying because it actually isn't like, it's really, really hard. Then they like started talking, breaking it down of like how hard it is. So it's like, if you think and make it into any industry, just remember it's this hard. And I kind of like countered it with, um, well, everyone expects something to be hard. Like we know that it is hard, but if we go into something thinking it's going to be so hard that it's almost impossible, then we probably won't start. So you need to be naive when you first start and you need to just sort of have the confidence and the belief and hope that's like, oh yeah, I'm going to make this work. And, and then afterwards it gets harder, but also hard relative. So when I think about you know, it's hard for me. Like, let's say for now, it's like being a business coach. I'm like, well, it was harder actually when I was a full-time photographer and every weekend I was in a new hotel room because I was traveling around everywhere. And it was harder for me when I was an electrician and I had a big team and I was waking up at 5 a.m. And it was harder, you know, so there's like harder times. And so being an entrepreneur, I'm like, I know it's hard, but I have worked out how to make it easy for me. And the way that I do that is, first of all, and this is for anyone that's listening, and this should be your mantra going into 2024, but like, keep it simple. So if you keep it simple and don't overcomplicate things with too much marketing and, and too many offers and too many things, then you can scale simple. Like simple is really easy. And then the next thing is, like you're saying there, it's like saying no or simplifying your business. So you're not saying yes to everyone and to everything. And then all of a sudden you can do less marketing and you can attract the right people. You have less emails and phone calls, less headache and everything. And you actually, at the end of the day, you're making more money. And I think a lot of people, we get used to the hustle. So I think like, oh, I just put my prices up and now more people are ghosting me and less people are booking me and stuff. Like I need to hustle more and more and more. And it's like, no, well, the, the point was that you now can book half the amount of people that you booked before. So like the hustle can actually go down as you get more into the flow of where you should be. And that's business should be that you shouldn't always have to be struggling. Like you should be able to take three months off and travel. And I think that's just a really important thing that I think that people need to hear in business. So honestly, there is a lot of people out there that are jaded that will say that business is really hard and that you shouldn't start and all the rest of it. But I want to say that I've been in business for 17 years and I think it's amazing. Like it's easy when you say no to things. And on my personal level is um, I say literally no to everything I don't want to do, even if it brings in lots of money. You know, I got my staff members, they're like, Jai, you should do more one-on-one -on -one calls and stuff. And I'm like, if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. Like, and that's it. And like, Jai, she gets so-and-so on the podcast asking. I'm like, if I don't want to do it, you know, and so it's my domain, it's my business. So it's my rules. And if you run your business like that, um, man, it's really easy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big thing too, is yeah, learning to say, say no to things that you don't want to do. And, you know, the busy, everyone's in different positions in their life. And as you know, everyone has different, if you've got kids and I'm sure you're going to be a lot busier than someone maybe who doesn't yeah, have kids oh, and totally. all these different things, right? So you got to just get good at saying no to things. And I think for a long time, I did a lot of stuff I didn't always want to do. And in the last few years, I've been a lot better at just saying, no, I don't want to do this or I don't want to go out. It doesn't make me happy. I don't want to go do this. Or, well, even on know? that, you know how um, people say like, and this sort of shoots me actually when people say like, hey, work smart, not hard. Mm -hmm. I do believe in work smart, but I believe you have to work hard to work out what smart is. Mm -hmm. And so if you didn't go out there and do all the things that you didn't want to do and show up when you didn't want to show up and wake up when you didn't want to wake up and put in the work when you didn't want to put in the work, you wouldn't go to a point where you can do smart work where you can say, oh, I'm going to say no to that because I know where that road leads to. 
Has he been there? Yeah, you've been there. And so, so often people actually say no too early and then they say, I want to do the smart work and they're trying to work out the smart work, but they haven't done the hard work yet. And the hard work always leads to the smart work because if you want to see someone that's really smart at the work that they do, they've worked really hard and then they understand how every road goes to Rome. Like they understand all the little facets of things. Like, oh man, there's an easy way to do that. I know mm. because I, I did the hard way. <laughs> yeah. And then when you see something good, you like want to give all your time to it because you know straight that on you it. know what could happen. You just yeah. there's, there's no you don't even have to think about it, right? Yeah, straight onto it, which is real interesting. Even with that, like going going all in. I know we had this conversation yesterday, and I was listening to a podcast about like going all in and risking things. Mm-hmm. And on this podcast, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but it, it was a guy from J.P. Morgan, and he was a billionaire, and he was saying that like um, the world favors the risk takers. So if you're someone out there taking risks, like the chances are you're going to win big. Not everyone does, otherwise it wouldn't be a risk. But you can only lose what you put in, but you can gain infinite. You know, you can gain t- a 10x, 100x, 1000x on what you put in. And I think about this all the time. There's so many people that won't go all in on the thing that they want to do. Like maybe they want to rebrand and start charging more money or whatever it is, because they're so scared of losing the little bit that they've put in. But when I think about it, if I lose everything that I put into my business, I'm like, man, that's a, that's a small loss, like at the end of the day, because the upside, I mean, that's huge. You know, there's so much, so many opportunities I could have, so many connections and everything else. 100%. Yeah, I know we, uh, I remember chatting about that and it was just funny. Yeah, because it's like if you, for us, like, for, I know we're going to chat a little bit more about social media and stuff, but yeah, depending on what you put in, a lot of the time it's really not that much. If you write it out, like obviously you're not yeah. gonna, you're not going to ruin your whole business from something like that. But like, what are you actually going to lose if you write it out? Like, it's probably not that big of a deal at all. You just have the infinite to gain, you know? Yeah, and and then you stand to lose a lot. So let's talk about social media. I know you get a couple of questions on it. Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of thoughts about it as well. I've got questions as well. Yeah, let's dive into it. Yeah. So I think when we when we were first when we were chatting yesterday a bit, I'm pretty happy with where my business is at now and, you know, had a lot of uh, success changing prices and lifestyle, everything is good. But the one thing that I've found that I've just never been able to do is is get on and like put my face out on social media doing reels or whatever that is. Um, and I know that we've, even in the business map, we've all talked about, it, you don't always have to do the same, you know, cringy dances yeah, or things yeah, yeah. like that you need to, you don't have to be that guy. Um, and I know that I'm just like, I just won't be able to, I'm not going to be able to be that guy and, um, you know, doing anything too wild on social media. But, you know, there's lots of over the last, like the many years that I've been in the industry, I feel like I've got lots that I can share and mm. we've written out lots of different ideas on different topics to talk about and, a big, big change that we, you mentioned this yesterday too, is for us specifically, we don't have that many clients. So if we can make information that could benefit even five or six clients a year, that could be 20, 30, 40, 50 grand for us or whatever that could equate to. So even not necessarily chasing the followers and thinking that, you know, because I only have almost 6,000 followers, I can't do courses. I can't post educational stuff. I'm just, I'm just this small guy. There's people that have, you know, 100,000 followers, 200, totally. 400,000 followers. Those are the people that people are learning from. But at the end of the day, the majority of us are smaller, are maybe yeah. from smaller towns, from cities. And we we only have a few clients a year. We're not charging forty, fifty thousand $50,000 for weddings. We're not shooting famous people's weddings, you know, stuff like that. So I kind of would rather learn from those people a lot mm, of the time than necessarily- it's more relatable. Yeah. Like, you know, Jose Villa's 
amazing, amazing work, but I, our clients, Worlds you know, apart. very, very, very different. So like him teaching me or giving me advice on certain things might not necessarily be as beneficial mm. um, as the guy that's a few steps ahead of me and where I'm at. Right. So there's a lot of people, even over the years, I've had different people, um, different young, you know, photographers that are first starting out, reaching out and asking me questions about things. And it kind of just sparks that in your mind a bit. You're like, can I actually teach stuff? Or I know the answer to that. That's so simple. But if mm. I was in their spot, I would be asking the same stuff because I had no idea. I didn't know that you needed two memory card slots for your camera. Why would you need two? You've got one. Like, why do you need like all these little things that we don't think about? Once you're a photographer and once you've been doing it forever, or, you know, shooting in manual mode, you just know how to do it now. It's not even something that you think about. Or what's the point of shooting with white balance, all manual white balance, all these little, little ideas that, um, and my girlfriend's been really good at kind of pulling that out of me and thinking like, these are all these little things that you know and that you just don't even think about when you do stuff or you have mm. an exact answer for something that's so simple about making a spreadsheet reaching out to every photographer in the area and then that's what I did when I first started second shooting and everyone lots of people said no but some people said yes and then all of a sudden I was a wedding photographer in like a year so it's just funny like these little things that we do could actually totally change someone else's life yeah. even though we're not a crazy educator that exactly we feel, you know? and you forget that you even did those things 100% yeah you don't think about it but then when you start to really think about it and you start to write it out You're and like, like Whoa. what are newbies or what are people that are first starting out kind of struggling and going through um, you start to realize the, an the answer is so simple because I mm. did that six, six years ago and I now know the answer and I've seen a hundred other people do it. And then when you're in a community like this, then you realize too that a lot of the stuff is so much more simple than you think too, right? You just yeah. need to sometimes be told it, right? So being, totally, and that's kind of where I would like to be is be on social media and, you know, be able to post more videos and you just see the growth that people mm. can blow up on that side of thing and it can just help their photography business even more. So yeah, kind of just kind of the big struggle is you know, being okay with like basically recording your face and, and putting it out there, which I feel like many people do struggle with and some people are okay with it, but yeah, that's kind of my main. Yeah. Main I, th worry. I think it's a real interesting one and I've, uh, I've been doing it for years and I, and mm. I hate it even today. Yeah. It's really interesting, but I have been doing it for years, like back in IGTV and back when soon social media, soon as Instagram had video, I was doing video <laughs> straight mm -hmm. onto it. Yeah. Know? And it's really interesting. Like a lot of us, Usually the older generation are really scared about getting on social media and then younger generation, like if you're 17, 18, you're not even thinking about it. Like you're just getting on there, you just grew up with it. But what I do think about is a couple of things. If you're scared of getting your face on camera, a lot of the times it could be, uh, and this is not specifically for you, this is yeah. for anyone that's listening, but um, you could have someone in the back of your mind that you know is going to judge you. And mm -hmm. for some reason, it's a person that could be your mom, your dad, your brother, your best friend at school, yeah. the bully at school. Like it could be someone, right? And it's like, oh man. And I remember I had that person. I was like, just someone that I thought would disapprove of me showing up the way that I wanted to show up. And I was speaking to a friend the other day that's really successful actually. And he was like, oh, I would actually never show up on social media because like my social media is just a lot of my mates and they'd all hang piss, you know, they would yeah. take the piss out of me. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like you're thinking that, but, the, but people don't because everyone does show up on social mm -hmm. media that way. But the thing that I would think about is what is the core fear that's holding me back and then Am I more scared of that or am I more scared of disappointing myself? Like instead of disappointing somebody else, am I disappointing myself because I'm not showing up as myself and doing the thing that I actually want to do? And if I ever think about that, like I stand to disappoint myself, then I'm like, oh, I don't care whoever else I disappoint because that's the worst one. That's the worst judgment. And straight away from there, that changes my whole mindset of like, oh, actually, I'm not scared of it anymore. Like literally, mm -hmm. you know, now I can just do it. But there's other little tools you can use as well. And here's an interesting one. 
I think a lot of people say social media, like the more unpolished, the better, everything. I personally think that trend is going to change and it will change, in my opinion, this is all my opinion, it's going to change because it's more accessible for people just to do like on the iPhone, off the cuff sort of stuff. And you're starting to see people that have like really cool style and stuff is like a little bit more polished. And I know right now that's not what's going to take off, but I do believe in the near future, like more stuff like that, that's going to pull people in. It's completely different. They're like, oh, well, this is amazing. So one interesting thing that I'm uncomfortable with doing is talking in front of my phone, but I'm really good at talking in front of an actual camera. And so because of that reason, my content creator the other day, she got out the phone. She goes, oh, I'm going to use my phone to film you this time instead of the camera. And I realized when I was talking to the phone, I was like, oh, man, I'm really shy. I'm really uncomfortable. And I don't know why. It's just the association of like, you know, I'm like, am I alive or is this? But with a camera, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, nah, it's all good. Like, I'm just talking to a camera. And it's so strange, but it's like a little trigger in my head to make it easier for me. I feel like it could totally be you associate your phone with you message people. Your phone is like wherever there's where you connect it's with everyone. Out to people, yeah. So like when you're recording on that, I could totally see how that would be the case too. Cause when you're recording on that, it almost feels like that's directly going like all those people maybe that you're thinking about that you're worried about judging. They're all just standing there like looking at you while you're on your on your phone. But when you're on a camera, us photographers, we're used to mm. seeing cameras all the time. Like we know that we can go back and edit it like this, this specific you know, sentence doesn't need to be on the podcast because we could edit it if we wanted. But exactly. for some reason with the phone, maybe that just like you associate that with. Yeah, because I've, I've tried to record stuff on the phone as well as the camera. And I find that when I'm looking at the camera, I just stumble. I can't do it. But this mm. is way more like this is super. I'm having a great time right now. I thought it's I was going to be more like this, worried, yeah. you know, but if it was just if I was talking directly to the camera like this, you know, I could, I'd just be mumbling over my myself mm. the whole time. So kind of even just maybe recording stuff on a bit of an angle could possibly help a lot of people too, I think, you know. Camera. And if you're looking directly at the camera, sometimes people don't like it because people don't stare at each other all the time. Yeah. You know, so if you're always staring at someone, I noticed like people weren't so stoked on that. So if you're looking away to the left or something, or you're talking to someone else, like, oh, cool. Yeah. I want to listen in, but I don't want to be to talked at, Yeah. you know, so yeah. that can be a different thing. But I think the next thing is um, with it, I think a lot of the times we sort of look around at what everyone else is doing. We think we've got to do what everyone else is doing, but if you brought fun back into content creation, um, like you've got like a, what's Insta360 sitting over there or something, like it's just like a fun camera and you're talking about the camera. If you bring fun into it where it's your style again, all of a sudden all the fears of like what you're going to show up and say sort of drift away because you realize you're just creating content. Same as going to a wedding and shooting a wedding. It's like, it's not a scary thing. It's like you're creating some content. Like this is cool. And so for me, I think about like the creativity of like, oh, what, how could I, I know what my message is and I could say it in two seconds, but how could I make it really engaging and really fun? Maybe it's some different camera angles. I'd go for a drive in my car and I could film something like, yeah. And so then it, the challenge is, is like, how can I make the most engaging, fun content for me that fulfills me opposed to what's going to trend well on social media or what am I supposed to do? Because as soon as you do what you're supposed to do, it's not enjoyable for anybody. Yeah. No, and I th I think, um, like we mentioned, the little Insta360 camera that I bought, trying, I was been trying to figure out, you know, different reasons on why I'm not recording content, especially at weddings or behind the scenes stuff. I've tried to set up a camera and record while I'm doing stuff. And it just, you just, because you start thinking about so many other things, it becomes a 
more stressful than the actual wedding day does, trying to worry about this, is the camera on, is this, is this? Whereas, you know, trying to find a little, so if anyone else has any ideas, you know, reach out and let me know for behind the scenes stuff. But um, with the little Insta360, the idea was to be able to just plop it up, press it, and then you can reframe everything later. So you can record stuff and then reframe stuff later. I really want to get one, man. Yeah, yeah, I think I we'll think, play around with it maybe after. I think it'd be cool, yeah. Play, yeah, because I think it's, it's cool. It gives a different angle. And even with the, the stuff that I've played around with on the trip, I've converted a little necklace thing so you can kind of hang it from your neck and you can get a full POV and then you just reframe it all later. So for us, like, well, we're at a wedding when we don't want to necessarily frame another camera and worry about it, you just plop it up and record. So yeah, different ideas, I think. And I know some people with the phone, it makes a lot of sense for social media because it's just easy for them. Like they don't have to set up stuff. So there's that where I feel like sometimes with the camera setting stuff up, especially if you don't have a studio space, you don't have that, like if you're not going to leave your camera there, you got to set it up every single time. You have different lights. You got to mess with your audio. A lot of us are probably fairly kind of nerdy with our gear and stuff. So you want to make sure everything's good every time. And then there's just so much to be able to make a reel. So I wonder kind of, you know, yeah. what are your thoughts on... Um, you know, just kind of getting out there and starting making content. I know, like, do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think simplifying is like mm -hmm. the best thing for sure. I do think um, like what's really, really interesting with social media in the last little while, and I think a lot of people are going to resonate with this, but as creatives and as artists, a long time ago, you couldn't steal other people's ideas or their work or their style and things like that. And it'll be really frowned upon. People knew each other's style. But today it's encouraged. It's like, it's encouraged in the sense of it's called a trend. So if one person has one idea and then they do it and they execute it and it does really well, then everyone goes, oh, that's a trend. Let's just copy the same idea and do the same thing with the same music and dance the same way, whatever it is. And then there's 80,000 people doing it, but there was only one that started it. So one person had an idea and then 80,000 people thought, let's copy it and then try and get the same results. So what's really interesting now is we're so conditioned to steal content and steal people's style. You see this all the time. I'll like have a look at someone's reels and I'm like, oh, he's doing it kind of differently. And then a few weeks later, I'm like, oh, everyone's got the same captions and they're all doing it the same differently as what he's doing. And then it becomes the style. And I'm like, we shamelessly go, let's fit in and do the exact same thing as what everybody else is doing. Um, and I think we're coming, personally, I think we're sort of coming towards the end of that where now we're starting to reward originality. So originality could be something so simple of just like, you know, with your simple camera, if you've got an Insta360 or with whatever it is, I don't think you need to overproduce and um, storyboard and like do all these different things. But I do think you need to have just like one little angle of like, how can I create something that I just haven't seen before and in a unique way? Like, how can I tell a story in a unique way? And I don't know if you've seen anything lately like that, um, but I have. And like one is, um, what's his name? A Ao Cheetah or something. It's a, it's a puppet cheetah. And he is, and another guy, and he literally, so the one guy goes like, hey, yo, cheetah. And then the cheetah um, starts wrapping a recipe and then he was making the recipe to the wrap. And at the end, they've got a recipe and they cook together. And it's just really interesting. I'm like, I've never seen something like this. I'm unique like, man, ways. yeah, yeah. It's so unique. Yeah. And so now he's got like, you know, 1.5 million followers or whatever. And it like blows up. And I'm like, he's literally using a sock puppet to like create something that no one's ever seen. And it doesn't need to be, it's all on iPhone. It doesn't need to be overproduced or anything. But I think that's the angle that we need to go down towards if you want to be confident when you're creating something, it's like, what's my little piece of the universe that I can create? That you can do, yeah. There's there's a guy, um, I forget his name too, but he um, 
all of his videos were recorded directly on a, a sideways here. So it was him talking into a mic and it was recorded just like this. Oh, cool. And then he would, uh, he would be talking about stuff and then he would add in, look like more like stock video and stuff. I don't even mm -hmm. think he was a photographer. It was just, you know, kind of a storyteller guy. And um, he would, you know, put stuff like that in, but it was just so unique. Cause like you said, you're so used to everyone always like looking at the camera talking. And I think with podcasts coming out, people are becoming more and more okay with this angled, you know, talking oh, totally. into a mic look. And you see a lot of podcasts that get chopped up and turned into reels. So people are becoming more and more okay with that type of a style. So I think that that might even be something that I might try to do is, you know, doing, you know, kind of maybe just having someone sit down and chatting with them and recording a bunch of content and then being able to turn it into reels versus just sitting there looking at a camera and, you know, until you get over that kind of hump of, you know, being okay with it, that could be a good, a good starting point. Well, even just like the context and the content, like um, I know an example of this is we were talking yesterday. So on my podcast, I shared that like, hey, if you're a wedding photographer, you should be creating a course for your clients because it's like, why are we always trying to like teach other photographers? Why aren't we doing this? And then with this kind of content, what I never see is I never see a wedding photographer sitting across from their clients interviewing them. I just never see it. And I, to this day, I just think like, man, it blows my mind that wedding photographers are all trying to like impress each other and stuff. And then they're worried, well, like, why don't they have any leads? And I'm like, why aren't you going out there to your leads and talking to them and saying, hey, why didn't you book me today? And then interview them and like create some cool content around that. Like that shit will go viral. Yeah. Those people that are actually planning a wedding have more to give because they're in the planning of a wedding stage than anybody else. And then you're a facilitator because if you're a photographer, you got backstage access to those people. And then you can say like, let's sit down for a half an hour chat, talk about the highs, the lows, like all the things on your wedding day. How was it? What's some advice for somebody else? Like little tiny things like that. It would change the game. But like, so I can think of just, so that's one idea that I just thought of this second. But I can think of like literally every day, like 10,000 ideas where I'm like, there is nobody doing this. There is nobody doing that. There is nobody. Literally so many things. And so like we all laugh in the studio because I'm like, the next person comes out, we create something that's similar to someone else. But it's just one concept like that that could get you to 100,000, you know, because it's just, and then you'll be a trend. Then it would, then it'll be a trend. And then it's like we copy and steal other people's stuff. So if you did that, then it's like you will see it in six months' time. Everyone's doing that. Totally. And I feel like one of those things, one of these trends that is kind of similar like that, but it's seems like it's more focused with videographers specifically is recording their clients watching the video for the first time. I've seen that and I watch them all the time. Yeah, I'm like, it's, it's so cool because we never, mm. we spend all this time as photographers and videographers going through editing. We see all their faces. We like mm. spend all this time tweaking everything. We're removing people from the background. Like we spend so much time. It feels like we're part of their family by the end of it. We know everyone. We know their faces. We know who makes silly faces in the photos because we had to Photoshop them out. We know all this stuff, right? And then when we just send the photos, you know, sometimes you'll get a response, you can get a response back, you know, the photos are amazing, all this stuff, but it doesn't, you don't actually know what was their reaction. Like yeah. when someone opens it, I've never actually never seen, seen it. it. I've never yeah. seen it. Are they like in shock or are they like, oh, cool. Or yeah, like, what's it what look is, like when they first open up a what wedding does it album? Look like? So I think that's where when people were watching the videos and they have the video playing and then the clients like reacting to that, it's so cool. And I've just seen more and more of those being posted. So yeah, in the photography realm, I guess, yeah, just actually sitting down with your clients too and talking to them would be so beneficial not only for yourself to just find out more about what's going on, but for anyone who's going to book because exactly. then they can actually listen 100%. to it. So here's the weird thing. So photographers haven't worked this out yet, but for some reason photographers, this is just sort of like, this is generalizing to like the masses, I think, but not everybody. But in the story, photographers are always the protagonists where they are the center of everything. And so the thing that I hear from them is always, 
oh, I don't want to post these clients on my social media account because they didn't have the best dress and I don't want to do this because of whatever. And it's all about them. And I'm like, man, if you wanted a successful business, then your clients would be the center, would be the protagonists. Like they would be the heroes and you're the facilitator. So why isn't it on your social media account that you are upholding your clients, each one of them, and saying like, I love this client because of this reason. This client here had the best speech because of this. This client here chose the best gown designer because of this. This client's going to be on my podcast. This client's, we're doing a reel together. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, if you always talked about them instead of us talking about ourselves, um, you would actually change the game because you'd be the only person in the industry with the voice like that, that actually highlights their clients opposed to highlighting themselves. Like, look at my style. Look how good I am. Look, I travel all the time. Everyone always highlights themselves. And the clients would do that for you. Yeah. They would just sit there and be like, oh, exactly. we love that you did this. 100%. And then it seems so much more genuine too, So right? much more so. genuine. So if you can show up on social media, um, social media is, is changing a little bit, I think, um, going forward 2024, 2025. One of the main things it is, it's a portfolio to show, or it's a place to showcase your personality. So I think more and more you need video because people want to see your personality more so than a structured video. They just want to see you and what you're going to be like at a wedding day and how they can connect with you on a deeper level more than just photography. So I think that's like one of the most important things. Um, and the second most important thing is like they want to be brought into the story themselves. So if you're talking about your style and stuff, it kind of it's not re doesn't relate to them. But if they see a couple that already booked you, they already went through the process. They, you know that um, they paid that much money to have you um, and they're envious of those people. They're, they're just like, wow, like I'd love to be those people. Then all of a sudden it's no longer about you or anything else. You're putting it back into the viewer and the viewer's like, okay, I'm going to be the next person on Jai's Instagram account, you know, because we're getting married next year and we're going to book those people. Yeah. You know, it changes the game. Totally. Yeah. No, it's interesting too with, um, you know, sp specific clients, they almost... People, especially when they're following along, I've had a lot of clients that'll follow, you know, right when they book and they follow along for the engagement session and they see other clients being posted and they're really like, they're excited for, you know, maybe one of their photos will get posted or maybe this will get posted too. So um, I guess the question for for you that I have is, you know, at going ahead and asking your clients to like sit down and do a video like that. How would you go about something like that? Like, I know that this might just be just something that this Probably. is so simple just to ask them to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. at the time, I think that... Um, you know, in my head, I'm just like, oh, I could just, that feels like it would be so awkward or they might not want to because they've already paid me and they've already done the things or, you know, how maybe would you go about like wording something like that? I, I think everyone wants, like loves to be, like everyone wants a little bit of status and everyone wants yeah. to be acknowledged and everyone wants to feel special. Yeah. And so like, and I've done it with my past clients before. So if I've got a client, I'll be like, hey, you know, I'm so excited about your wedding day. Like I've just been thinking about you guys and, you know, just your vision and everything like that. I'd actually love to have you like a little interview with mm -hmm. you guys and just talk about that process and the vision that you're having. If you'd want to share that, I'm going to put it on social media. How's that sound? There would be, I would say like at least five out of 10 people would be like, hell yeah, man. Like I'd love to do that. Maybe five people say no, and that's fine too. You know. But then five people said yes if you asked X amount. Yeah, exactly. Know? So then you exactly. only need so many, right? Yeah, you don't need that many. Yeah. You know, you have a half an hour interview. There's, I mean, five people is probably a year's worth of content. Like you're posting totally. one one of those per week just to add in the mix or whatever. Yeah. And then if they you talk for half an hour, I'm sure there's probably 20 good nuggets that come out of it. 100%. Yeah. You can even do that too and adding in like specific vendors too or other vendors too. 100%. And just pulling it in and then you've got... Yeah. You know, you add to do the collab, especially if you do a post or something like that. And then now you just got, yeah, it's a really good idea. I mean, even, okay, so things like this, if we just sort of brainstorming this, if I want to make some reels right now and I'm a wedding photographer, I'm like, okay, so in Australia, we're going into summer. So that means 
the flora and fauna is completely different. So why aren't I getting the top florists from my area to come in and then we have a panel discussion on what is the most sustainable and um, what, what's the most sustainable flowers that you can have now because they're in season, you don't need to transport them and all this kind of stuff. What's going to be most sustainable with um, the price? What's the most affordable, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And if I just did a little panel discussion on that, then I've got some great content of like, hey, are you planning a wedding? Check this out. I've got the five best florists, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you can make some cool reels and things like that. And it's just like super interesting. Now you're serving the person that's actually following you. There's a reason to follow you, not just for the photos. Not just, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's really cool. Yeah, I think that that's, uh, that's definitely something I'm trying to think of. I've ever even seen that out there. And it's I've like, never seen it. No. It's got to blow your mind. Like I've never seen no. a photographer and a videographer just sit there together and have a conversation. Yeah. You know, like... Yeah. Like make, even they could be making funny reels together on, on like a wedding day. Like there, there's so many cool things that you could do. You know, even with that, you could send a videographer and I used to do this all the time and I've actually done this before. I did it with, um, shout out to Bottle Brush Films and we were shooting a wedding and I'd always email the videographer the week before the wedding day and I'd say, hey, just to let you know, I'm going to be cruising around. This is my style. Here's my website. When you get familiar with it and stuff, um, I'm not a dick. I'd love to hang out. You know, it's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do. Just don't tell me what to do we will just like keep out of each other's way we can work together but you could also email and say and say like hey if there's any behind the scenes that you could do of me i'm going to actually take a couple of photos of you like that'd be really cool we could do a couple of reels together if you want to like we could just shoot some stuff and then we could do a recap of the day and then like both post it as a collaboration we both worked on this client's couple was waiting like it was an amazing time you could do a collaboration with a florist if you're walking in you shoot them with your iphone whilst they're doing a the thing a couple of photos i mean man it's just like when I think about content, it's just endless. But that's the thing. There's this giant pool of endlessness that no one's even tapped into. It's so undersaturated on social media that it's ridiculous because it's so saturated with the same thing. And it's so funny <laughs> because we show up, we show up to like specifically a wedding day. We'll show up with all of this gear ready to go. We're shooting anyways. And it's not that hard for us to just like, no, just turn, just and turn and photo. just take it. Or in, especially now with video and cameras and mirrorless, it's so easy to, you don't have to be a videographer to record. Like that's another big thing I do. I do photo and video, like little highlight videos at weddings. And it's just so simple. You just click a button and there it record. Is. And obviously you learn a little, you know, some basic stuff with video, but you could just be recording little videos for all the vendors. Cause you see them all. Like when we all well, see man, them go it, with their phone and yeah, try to do 100%. it. And like, it's, you know, they, you see the reel afterwards and, they're like, they, some of the florists even have big followings and they are just like crappy too. little yeah. iPhone videos. And if they had someone that created a reel for them, like would take you nothing to do. Just so, a few clips. I mean, it's an untapped thing here, but so a couple of things that I used to do on this and just like letting out the secrets. So when I was a photographer, blogging was a big thing because people wanted to be on the first page of Google. I would say like SEO and Google is like, it's, I would say I wouldn't even really bother with that anymore. Like personally, there's just so many other things you can do. But back then that was like one of the main ways. And so with that, what I used to do is I would email all the vendors. So I would email um, the person that puts the arbor up, the email the florist and a whole bunch of them. And I would say, hey, looking at the schedule, I'm actually coming to the reception at around about four o'clock and I've got to be an hour to take some photos of all the styling and stuff. If you want to hang around whilst I'm there, I'll take some photos with you guys there. But if you're already gone, it's all good. I'll send you to the gallery anyway. So a lot of the florists and stuff would actually stay back. Like they'd finish at like three o'clock or whatever. And they'll stay back that extra hour just to sort of hover around. And then I would say, hey, can you just like spruce, spruce up the flowers? And I'll take some photos off them. And in that way, I could always deliver a whole bunch of photos of them and I'll put it into my blogs as well. So I could feature each vendor. So another thing that you could do, which is also really affordable, if 
you're shooting a wedding and I used to do this all the time where a lot of the vendors had big followings. You know, they had like 20,000, 80,000 followers per vendor. I would actually hire a second photographer, pay them, even though my clients didn't. And the whole job would be, I would be saying, just go take photos of the vendors and the styling. That's all you need to do. You're not paid by the couple. You don't never need to be seen by the couple, but I just want you there for about three hours. I'll pay you $300, just cruise in, take all those photos because I'm already too busy doing everything. So then at the end of the day, it cost me an additional $300, but then I would send that gallery out to all of those people. And then I'll be omnipresent across everyone in my area and all their social media accounts all the time. So it's just like such a simple little thing to do, but like you can book out a whole year's worth of work by doing that to a few prized weddings. And it's funny because we talk about like, you know, styled shoots and setting up things like that, but almost every wedding is like a styled shoot in a way. So it literally is, you know, and there's, there's so much so content many, to yeah. be made all the time. Like, yeah. It's funny. I never, yeah, I've never thought about having someone specifically to do that. And I've been more, it's a game changer. I've been more, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about trying to get someone to just come out and do just behind the scenes of me at weddings. Cause I'm like, I'm trying to get rid of the fact of like me trying to worry about it. If I'm going to have someone, I feel like a really strong point with me and what a lot of my clients say and, and reviews and stuff is like the way that I'm just like working with people, talking with people, mm. setting stuff up. And like, that's like a big part of my business. So it's hard for me to show that. I feel like, well, my, like myself recording. So again, that's with the behind the scenes camera trying to do that, but having someone come out there and do that could be huge. And I just, it's funny. I never even thought about having someone dedicated just to make that. content and reels for other people almost on the day. You know, what's funny. So back then when I used to do this, this was like my little secret thing because every photographer that I talked to were like, oh no, I'd never give my photos to to any of the other vendors for free because I'm a photographer. This is my work. They should be paying me $50 a photo. And that was like the narrative. And I was like, whilst you guys are all squabbling over like who gets paid the most for a photo, I'm paying my own money to make content for all these people, for them. And so, and they all thought I was crazy. And of course I made more money than them. I was more booked. I was more liked in the industry. Like I had more friends because all I was doing was like, oh, I am the content person at this wedding and I've already been paid by the couple. I don't need to be paid more. And so that means if I'm the content person, why haven't I thought about creating content for everybody that's at the wedding? It's it's a huge event with, and so many people putting so much work into it. Let's highlight all of them as well. Like that's an amazing thing to do. And then of course, everyone recommended me because they're like, fuck man, Jai actually literally brings out a photographer. So if I want good content, I'm going to get Jai. Well, everyone else charged me $50 a photo. And they don't even, and they didn't even make it. <laughs> and they don't not, even make it. They don't even yeah, make yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, so the, and so everyone funny. thought I was like super successful because they're like, oh yeah, he's got 20,000 followers on Instagram. I was like, nah, man. Yeah. It's nothing to do. You could kill my Instagram account tomorrow and it will make no difference to my business. <laughs> and it's, it kind of goes, I don't know if um, a lot of other people are noticing this, but um having content creators at weddings is starting to become a thing. And I've totally. had it a few times um, at a few weddings last year where um, I was there and someone was there with a little gimbal and her iPhone. And I was like, oh, and who are you? Like, and they're like, oh, I'm the content creator. I'm just like making TikToks and reels and stuff. Wow. At the time I was like, like, what? like I was like, is that a thing? Like, is it, you know? And then it's like, that would be the best thing ever to have as a 100%. free add-on for couples. Cause some couples want the little reels for themselves, but then oh, not even do, thinking man. about it just for the couple, thinking about it for all Everyone. the vendors. Every every wedding has 10 plus vendors that come together for it. And most of them, like even when I send them the galleries of the photos, like most of them are like, oh, thank you. I didn't even, like, mm -hmm. we don't normally get to see this. It's like, really? Like you, you're just, no one sends us. No so one sends if photos. you could for a wedding day, like put it on there and say you, ch you pay someone $500 for a full day, to come create all content, you put your prices up $500 and then you put it in as a free thing. It's like, hey, you book Jai, there's a 
an additional content creator that can come if they approve it. If they don't approve it, totally fine. And then literally all the raw content that they make on their iPhones and on, you know, Insta360s and whatever, you literally just make a shared folder. You give it to the couple, you, you keep it, and you give it to every vendor that's involved and go, here's just a whole video dump of everything. Just give us a credit, you know, make sure that my name is popping up on your Instagram account every week. <laughs> so simple. That would be, I just can't even imagine over the course of a year, a year, let know, alone over literally. the course of a few years when that could end up, like you would just be flooding the market with yourself. You'd be everywhere. You'd be everywhere. Especially if you're in a smaller market, it would be way, it would be even better too, because you would just be So everywhere. that's literally how um, I sort of dominated like Melbourne because of that reason. Like I was like, how can I get myself on everyone else's account? That's what I knew. But also at the same time I was working on, um, so I've got a bunch of magazines over there and each one of those magazines, I know this is a little bit old school, but I'm like featured in all these magazines. And one month I just remember I think it was in November. I just, I don't know why. November, I think it's like November 2017, maybe. I remember I was talking to someone about doing a, like a little shoot for a magazine. And they're like, Jai, at the moment, like you just seem to be everywhere. Like literally everyone's talking about you. And I was like, yeah, I mean, showing up and I'm giving everyone everything everywhere, right? Um, but I remember I walked into the news agency and there was like four top big, magazines it was like hello may together mag um and two other big magazines and that was it and as i walked in i was like oh yeah that's right and i kind of forgot because i was so busy i was like i'm featuring this one i had a look and then i was like oh i'm featuring this one and then i'm, I'm on this one and i'm on this one. and i realized at that moment i was like i'm in all four magazines and that week i was like i was on every single instagram account that from every vendor in the whole area and i was like there is no one that's getting married right now that wouldn't know of my business and it was just like, it's such a cool feeling because it took years to get there because I'm like, you know, it's, it wasn't like all overnight, but it was just like one week where it all sort of like hit a peak. And I was like, holy moly, like we actually did it. We're omnipresent now. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I guess, yeah, thinking about, yeah, this is, uh, I'm definitely gonna, I think I'm definitely gonna be doing this now for this year. I think it's just, it seems so silly not to. Yeah, exactly, man. Can, you budget a few thousand dollars of, if even if you don't want to change your prices, you could just budget a few thousand dollars and investing in that could be way more beneficial than doing something else or doing another, another know. ad or another Google ad or a direct listing. Man, people already spend so much money. There's a directly listing in Australia. Um, it's a really nice brand and everything. And it costs around about $10,000 a year to be in that directory listing. And everyone that I've talked to, you got to be invited in that. Everyone that I've talked to that's been on there, they're like, yeah, I don't really get any leads from it. I'm like, 10 grand, man. Put that towards literally sending out $10,000 worth of flowers to all the vendors that you always work with. And I guarantee you won't be looking for leads for the rest of your career. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just such a different mindset shift. Yeah. It's like, instead of doing the same as everybody else, like, how can you stand, stand instead out? Instead of just paying to, like, get up there, you're just, like, giving, giving, giving. And then the recommendations, too, like, that gives that social proof to clients. And you notice that when you get recommended by someone, the chance of them booking are so much higher than just, you know, some random from them coming maybe from an ad or something like that, too, right? Because they already yes. have that. 100%. So it's, yeah, trying to push more they of those leads. They found you because of the kindness and your reputation in the industry. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you what, they're going to pay more for you to have you there. Yeah. And there's not, yeah, no one's going to ghost you or anything because there's a whole different game compared to a Facebook ad or a directory listing. Because the only thing they can look at a directory listing, literally, a lot of the times is like, you either have to be the very best or you got to be the cheapest because I'll look around and I'm like okay that one's the best let's go for them and then the rest I'm like well let's get a price guide from all of them let's see who's the cheapest mm -hmm. you know and you yeah. don't really want to be in that battle no 100% 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good, uh, that's a really good idea. I feel like so many people could just benefit from that. And it would be so simple to add in, you know, so simple. Yeah. You could even get anyone, even not having a second photographer there, you could pay someone 15, you know, $20 an hour or whatever to come out with their iPhone 100%. and just record TikToks and then boom, it's like, you just have them for a few hours and so many people would want to do that. You yeah. Know? And then the amount of reels that you got from that, like the amount of content that you got from that, like you can make some really cool videos to put on your uh, website from yeah. that as well. Like on your about page, like you should have a couple of videos, I think like real kind of style or TikTok style videos about me videos. Yeah. Be like, hey, I'm Jai. This is follow me on a wedding day. And it's just like 15 seconds of cutting through on a wedding yeah. day. Like that would be great content yeah. to create more desire and everything else. Makes you feel so much more real too than just like yeah. seeing your photos. It's like, oh, this is what he looks like. This is, oh, he's got a cool camera strap or this is how he dresses or he does man. this and it's like that's yeah people do want to see it because when you show up on a wedding day um yeah it's funny people always you know they're joking around with you they're talking to you they say that they like this or they love the way that you interact with people or they love this but they don't know that until you're there and at the wedding right so like yes. doing that on social media i think would be huge because when i go into my if i kind of do a little self audit of myself and i go on my social media there's you know there's the little bio photo of myself but there's nothing else there and no one knows yeah no one has ever seen me work unless they know me and yeah no one really knows anything about me other than the photos look cool so like you're really betting on a lot of odds there because there's a lot of people that have cool photos so well even just to sort of finish off this conversation with social media one thing i got to say you've probably seen how hyped up i got with ideas of things that we can create mm -hmm. you know for social media and when i'm thinking about this i'm like man i just want to go make some content like yeah. it's so fun again yeah and what I see, and I was actually talking to a friend the other day about this. He's um, a CEO of this clothing company. And he was saying, man, when I think about social media, it's just so fun. There's endless amounts of possibilities and ideas. And I'm like, I think the same. Yeah. But when I get on social media or on a Facebook group, everyone's like, the algorithm's not working. The likes are not coming in. And everyone's so hung up on the social proof of it. But if you actually let go of that and let go of like the competing and the comparing, because that's the thing that's holding us all back and you go back to creating, all of a sudden you stop thinking about like, oh, the imposter syndrome or someone's going to judge me or you, you everything else, like, you know, I only got five likes on that reel. It's like, man, who cares? And you go back to actually creating, you will get into the flow of just creating over and over and over because you have so many ideas. You'll be so energized. You want to buy some new gear. You want to try some new things. You want to collaborate with people. And before you know it, that's how the people that are big on social media got big. It wasn't because they were like fighting, you know, the algorithm or hacking something. It's because they loved doing it. Yeah. And then because they loved doing it, they just kept doing it when no one was watching yeah. until someone watched. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that a lot of people can definitely take advantage of that. I know I will be. And yeah, I'm excited to see next season what this will, yeah, because I just, yeah, it sounds crazy. It's just like, it's like doing the same thing with bringing uh, um, flowers to vendors, but just mm. 10Xing it for mm. every vendor, not just the venue, you know? It's I know, just man. Like, There's yeah. all this missed opportunity everywhere right yeah. now. Yeah, amazing. Cool. Okay. Hey, um, Adam, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Thank you so much for stopping past and visiting my little studio here in Byron Bay and um, safe travels back home. Yeah, thanks. It was amazing meeting you in person finally. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Adam Gorley Photography. And um, yeah, that's basically the the one spot where I'll be the most active. Um, I do have a TikTok, so I guess I'll be trying to put some more, more content out on there. So that's also, uh, that's just Adam Gourley. Um, and yeah, it's Gourley as G-O-A-R-L-E-Y.